0: What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 62 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho. And how is everyone doing this week? And are you ready for another week of Benfica Stress? Benfica Frustration? Um, roller coaster season that this has been, but fortunately, we're talking about three points this week. Uh, Benfica going on the road to Vila do Conde and getting all three points, however ugly it was, however difficult it was, and however many players they had to play against to get it done. At the end of the day, Benfica went there and the objective was, uh, was realized, uh, it was achieved. Um, certainly not an easy game, but are not an easy team to play against either sometimes you do have to give some credit to the to the opposition but it shouldn't have been this hard at, at the same time it shouldn't have been this hard um just a relief to finally get a win um i know watching this game while i was working you know i had to <laughs> i had my work laptop up and my personal one up my personal computer so i had the game on one and um Man, I was exhausted after this match. Let me tell you, the next day, I was exhausted emotionally, uh, mentally, because this game put me just through the ringer. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't know how many of these I can take, to be honest with you. This, these are games that should have been taken care of. Benfica, if they had come back, in just the matches that they've had, they should have won these three matches, and we could be looking you know, at, at a four-point lead right now or a three-point lead if we had just taken care of business because our rivals don't want to win this league any more than we do, it appears. Um, every time one team gets, gets a lead, they fall back. It's almost like they're afraid. It looks like this is like when you watch either cyclists, um, you know, in a long, long time say in a Tour de France in a long stage where they're taking turns drafting behind the other, where one leads for a little bit than the other, or in a long distance race, you know, on, on a track or in a marathon. Same thing where they're sharing the the, the wind resistance. It just seems like Benfica and and Porto um, and both teams seem more content to be, you know, to be just slightly behind, if you will, and letting the other one dictate the pace. And um, this, it's going to come back and, bu- and backfire for one of them. I think when this season is done, both of these teams are going to look at it. Regardless of which team wins and which one doesn't, the other team will definitely be able to look and say, man, we blew it. Because I think at the end of this one, whoever doesn't win it is going to have to look at themselves and say they blew it. Now, Benfica has a superior roster, so they shouldn't even be in this situation. But it is what it is, and this is our club. And, you know, no matter how angry or frustrated I get, uh, I can't know that they're on and not watch. I can't look away. It, even if it's a train wreck, I have to look. <laughs> so that is, and I know most of you, if you're listening to this podcast, are in the same boat because um, this is what this club and this team does to us does for us. Some of the highest highs and some of the lowest lows come following um, in supporting Benfica. Um, We're we're on the, the eve of another match. Of course, round 28. We're on the eve of a home match against Santa Clara. Another must win for obvious reasons with Porto taking the pitch just a few minutes after we conclude. We need to put the pressure on them by doing our part all right, we need to do our part and get our three points and see if we can get some help somewhere. All right, um, with that said, let's um, let's move forward. We'll, we'll get right into the news after this short break. We're going to pay a bill, then we're going to go into the news. There is a little bit to talk about this week, not a lot, um, not much going on outside of Ligonage in terms of Benfica. Um, Other than, you know, some of the the modalidades, some of the modalities, some of the court sports uh, reportedly are going to be reporting back very soon and getting ready to start again. Also in the news, you'll hear um, the latest on UEFA Youth League coming up. And uh, we'll talk about the squad for the Santa Clara match before we go and review this uh, match with Riwab. All right. So let's take a break. Let's pay a bill. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can follow me on Twitter at Bayfica Mister, on Instagram at Mr. Bayfica, and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Bayfica. And in the news this week, it's all about the match coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, June the 23rd versus Santa Clara at the empty Stadio de Luge. All right, a little bit of of news regarding that match. There are three scratches for the match. Three players will not be dressing. That is Jardel Grimaldo and David Tavares. They're all ruled out, Jardel and Grimaldo, due to injury. And David Tavares still recovering from a positive COVID-19 test. Bruno Laj calls 23 to the squad list for this matchup with Santa Clara. Of course, all three goalkeepers are called. The defenders, Ferru, Andre Almeida, Rubendiez, Nuntavarj, and Tumaj Tavarj. Midfielders, Zivkovic, Weigel, Samaris, Pizzi, Gabriel, Tarapt, Rafa, Cervi, Tino, and Chiquinho all also um, on the squad list. And up front, Vinicius Seferovic, Diego Souza, Jota, and youth uh, youth standout, Gonzalo Ramush. Speaking of youth standout and speaking of youth, UEFA announces this past week, I should say announced this past week, that they will be resuming this year's ed- edition of the UEFA Youth League. So the 2019-2020 UEFA Youth League will resume in August. That was announced, of course. Um, On the 17th of June by UEFA. So there is still two round of 16 matches to be played before the quarterfinals can be finalized. Juventus will host Real Madrid, or I should say Juventus will play Real Madrid. The site of the match is still to be determined on August the 16th, and the other quarterfinal between Rin and Inter is still up in the air. UEFA has not made a ruling on what's going to happen about that match because that one was uh, was originally canceled rather than postponed. That was the decision that Inter took at that time. Um, I'd have to believe that if there's... A con- if there's in any way, a possibility of that match being played, that match will be played. If not, I assume that Ren is going uh, to be advanced to the quarterfinals. So, the winner of those two matches, whoever they are, the two teams that advance out of those two matches, will meet up in quarterfinal number one, played between the 18th and 19th of August. The other three quarterfinals, to round it out, Red Bull Salzburg will play against Lyon. Uh, Danish side, Midgitland, will play against Ajax and Croatian champions Dinamo Zagreb will host our Benfica this is a tough match for Benfica okay remember that in the youth league um the big name clubs are not always the strong clubs yes they usually are good but but there's often outliers just like Benfica or in the past RB Leipzig or some other clubs as well and um Dinamo Zagreb is one of those clubs that is often um, underlooked, but a very, very great producer of talent. The majority of the Croatian national team has come through the academy of Dinamo Zagreb, so that's going to be a very, very interesting match. And with the with the resumption or the resuming of this competition, there will be a Mister Benfica review. Of the round of 16 win where Benfica beat Liverpool back in in March. So I, I still have that match recorded. I still have that on video. I will review that for you when we get closer to this quarterfinal. Just to refresh everyone's memory on what's going on with Benfica's youth team. The under-19s that is. Alright, let's go around the Ligue 1. Nog- Alright, it was round number 27, and it got started last week on June the 15th, which was on Tuesday. It got started in the Madeira Island with Maritimo picking up a massive 2-1 victory to keep themselves away from the relegation zone. Maritimo 2, Gil Vicente 1 on the next day, on Wednesday, at the Cidad de Futbol. Santa Clara 1, Portimonense 1. Portimonense tries to inch closer. However, they are in quite a deep hole right now. But they have picked up two points in their last two matches. And later on that afternoon, it was Avs versus Football Club de Porto. Avs nil, Porto nil. Porto and Benfica—they look they look identical to each other with the the same lack of ideas, the same lack of of. Uh, Coaching decisions, Sergio Conceição is making as questionable of decisions as Bruno Lage right now. Both of them have me scratching my head. Um, both teams just trying to force and pound the ball up the center of the pitch, trying to just launch balls into the area to try to force goals. And both teams having a hard time of it. Uh, this time it's Porto dropping a p- two points to the last place side, Avs. June the 17th, we had two more matches. It was Passos de Ferreira 2, Boavista Saad 1. And, of course, the match that this episode will be reviewing, Riwav 1, Benfica 2 on the 18th of June. The next day, there was two more matches. We had Boavista 3, Vitória Stubo 1, and Spartan Club Portugal 2, Tondela 0. On the 19th, it was 2 Minho Darbysh. That's right, 2 Darbysh. From the Minu region, the Minu with four, all four of their first division teams playing on the same day against each other was Vitória Guimarães 1, Moreirense 1, and Family Count nil, Braga nil. Braga still winless since, since Ruben Amorini departed for Sporting Custodio, still looking for his first victory. All right, that's the news for this week. So, Let's listen to Reconquista, and on the other side, we'll get right into this match: Riwa versus Benfica from round 27 of the Liga NOS. Yep. Reconquista. <laughs> passo a caminha duro. Temos muita história,
1: mas ainda mais futuro. Carrega o Benfica, carrega Benfica do que é nosso por direito que não vigo por fazer o que podia ter sido feito se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo em casa ou fora nós
2: somos o eterno abrigo sabes que estamos contigo nós somos o eterno abrigo bem, 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 bem,
1: bem. nossa voz, o querer de
2: todos nós a ver que não se explica carrega bem fica carrega bem fica Ouva a nossa voz o querer de
0: and welcome back to Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agostinho, And it is round 27 of the Liga Nage. And we are in the beautiful coastal city in northern Portugal. We are in Vila do Conde. And it is Rio hosting Benfica at the Stadio Rio we're going to go straight to the lineups in this one, all right? And Chihuahua will start with their Polish goalkeeper, Pavel Kiszczyk. They're playing in a 4-3-3 with Diogo Fiegerich, Tony Borrekovic, Ardalan Sanch, and Mateusz across the back. Ali, Lucas Piazon, and Felipe Augusto are the three men in midfield. Felipe Augusto, of course, former Benfica player, uh, played under Jorge Jesus and was at least once a champion of the Portuguese league with Benfica. The three up front Diego Lopes, Mehdi Taremi, and Nuno Santos. We're going to talk about Nuno Santos tonight in this game. Um, And in this podcast, of course, he was the topic of much conversation, and I think it's much to do about nothing. It's absolutely ridiculous that there's even any type of allegation in a league like this one, where we've seen what we've seen. In a league where Jackson Martinez steps up and takes a penalty kick and purposely misses it by a mile over the bar nearly putting it out of the stadium. The, that club has the nerve to come out and try to say that Nuno Santos purposely kicked Peasy in the arm, came up with a karate kick, purposely with the intention of getting sent off. He was going to risk injuring a player on Benfica's team. If he's really trying to help Benfica, he's going to risk injuring him to get himself sent off. No, I only only a Trippeto would believe such a ridiculous thing. Let's go to Benfica's eleven. All right, Odie is in goal as always. Uh, a couple of changes, of course, due to injury and suspension. Tomás Tavares is back at right back, replacing the suspended André Almeida. Ferru and Ruben Diaz are the partnership in midfield. After a lot of talk all week about a possible uh, a possible start for Samadish in the back four, Bruno Lage decides to keep the same center back pairing. Uh, Ferru, and Ruben Díaz. And it was young Nunn Tavares returning to the starting 11, I think, for the first time since the first Porto match back in August. This time playing in his proper left-back position. Benfica's in a 4-4-2, of course. And across the midfield, they've got Pizzi, Vigel, Gabriel, and Rafa with Diego Souza. Starting up top and Adele Tarapt in between the lines in behind Diego Souza trying to function in that Joan Felix role as we often call it or the, the false ten um, just behind the forward. Not quite a ten, but not not a nine, obviously. Um, and you know, Adele work works really hard. And I think I don't think that's his best position. I think his best position is, is further back where Gabriel is playing. Gabriel's not playing well. Um, I'm not I'm a big Gabriel fan and I don't like what I'm seeing from Gabriel. I would not have Gabriel in this 11. I would have I would have Terapt playing in Gabriel's spot and I would have Rafa playing up with the striker and I would have Chervi on the left protecting the young left back, adding some protection for Nuno Tavares, the young left back, all right, who likes to get forward. I think a a more defense-minded left-sided midfielder would would balance out that midfield better. But I'm not the manager, Bruno is. and on this on this match day, Bruno seemed to eh, hey, if he didn't make it, he faked it. Uh, he seemed to get he got the result and made some key decisions along the way. Let's get started then, if we will. Um, of course, the match being played in front of absolutely nobody, as uh, stadiums are closed. All matches are played behind closed doors due to the pandemic and in the second minute right off the bat Philippe Auguste picks up a foul on Rafa and Ali Musarati um, wins a free kick a minute later when he's fouled by Diego Souza. So early on Benfica starting okay. They're not not a bad start. They they get off to the right uh they get off on the right foot and get going in a in a good rhythm to start, but uh, unable to capitalize on chances, of course, again. In the 6th minute, Ferru misses an opportunity as his right-footed shot from the center misses misses wide to the right. He was set up on a cross from Pizzi. And in the ninth minute, in the 11th minute, excuse me, it was Nuno Tavares with a left-footed effort from the left side of the box. He was close, but he missed the top right corner, receiving a nice pass from Gabriel Benfica early on like I said making making uh, the pushes forward giving themselves some opportunities putting putting Riwav back a little bit and and trying to put some pressure on the other team and push them back into their own end in the 14th minute Ali Musarati of Riwav is shown the yellow card for a foul on PZ but the free kick is blocked when PZ takes it uh, from outside the box into the wall. 14th minute, another attempt is blocked. This was PZ this time. Right footed shot from outside the box. It was another blocked shot. They have a lot of blocked shots. I feel like they shoot when. (laughs) They only shoot when there is no lane to shoot. There's so many times I think they have space to shoot from the outside and they try to work the ball in and they try to pass it in a little too much. And then when there's absolutely no space in front of you, they love to shoot right into the defenders. In the 15th minute, it would be another miss for Benfica on a nice play here from Adel Tarabt, as he sets up Diego Souza, and Diego Souza tries to get it from the right side of the box. He tries to to flick it with the inside of his right heel um, as he's running across goal, tries to redirect it towards goal. It goes just wide, a nice attempt, um, and a nice combination there by both of those guys this was a better match from adel adopt like I said I like I like him a little further back going forward more but this was a better performance from Tadot in this match than it was when he attempted this two weeks ago. Of course you know the the squad has uh, 180 more minutes now under their belt they're getting a little bit more fluidity, a little bit more rhythm, a little bit more of that of that touch on the ball. Getting a little bit more used to to playing in these conditions and playing in these empty stadiums. So we're going to move ahead a little bit here. And we're going to fast forward to minute number 25, Matei Taremi, making that diagonal run. And I went back and I listened to the episode where we talked about this match in the first, <laughs> the first half of the season when these two teams met. And Benfica suffered a goal on this same exact run. Mady Taremi starting central, making a, uh, a diagonal run down the right side, down Benfica's left side, and then a long diagonal ball being played in and bent around Benfica's players and into space for Taremi to get onto. And he does it again. This time he is fouled. Um, he's fouled by Ferru outside the box in the 25th minute, setting up a free kick that is from very close range, um, almost like a, a corner kick, a little bit further back and the the free kick is played in um it's played in by nuno Sanch and at the far post uh at the far post Diego Souza is there defensively to win the header however he's not a defender and this is a very awkward header for him to try to make considering he's running full speed all his body momentum is heading towards his own goal and he's trying to get ahead on it and flick it away from goal. He miss hits it. Um, he's not used to really... I don't know how often he... Def- I mean, he defends these, but I don't know how often he finds himself defending by facing his own goal, running towards his own goal after a, an out, an in-swinging cross. And what he ends up doing is is heading it across his own goal where Mehdi Taremi, the Iranian, is waiting, and he heads it into the goal, and it is 1-0 to Riwav. And I am thinking, and I think a lot of you are thinking... Here we go again. Here we go again. Another game. It's never easy. It's never... Uh, Mayfika really have struggled since since the clock turned... Or I should say the calendar turned to 2020. It has been a struggle. And um, this match would be no different as in the 26th minute. Rewav go ahead. Mefica for a little bit there found themselves a little flat. Um... They were trying to attack after this, but I thought they were still coming out too slow. There's just no, there was no crispness in their passing. There was no crisp movement. It was all done very lethargically, very slowly. However, we move forward and we get to the forty-first minute. Okay, in another, I you heard me in the last two episodes and in other episodes as well. Um, I always tell everyone to calm on the the tarapt, hysteria because I love to point out—I don't love to point it out, but I feel the need to point out his statistical output for the season. One goal, one assist. Well, my man Terapt came through here on this play, all right? He set up a beautiful ball across the face of goal. It goes um, across, like I said, the face of goal onto an on-running Rafa Silva. Rafa roofs it in the top of the goal— it all looks like it's one to one. It looks like Benfica have equalized just before halftime. Uh, the Rio defenders are standing with their hands up, and the referee, quickly uh, Sergio Gudinu, goes to his earpiece. He holds his ear, and a few minutes later, um, there's an indecision. There's no, they can't come to a consensus in the VAR booth. And referee Sergio Goudini runs over to the screen, takes a look at it for himself. And while Rafa is perfectly onside, before the ball gets to him and before the ball starts curving back away from goal and into Rafa's run, the ball was about a stride in front of Diego Souza and and I should say, and the defender as well. And both Diego and the Riwa defender, um, they and I, I believe it was Barokovic both extend their foot as far as they can. They both reach to try to get a toe poke on the ball. Neither one of them does it, but the referee rules that that is in play. That is, you know, that is Diego Souza making a play and the VAR shows Diego Souza in an offside position when that ball is played across. I'm okay with this goal being overturned. I know Antonio Hola on BTV said it for him. It's not an overturned goal. He thinks it's a clean goal because Diego Souza does not get to the ball. He does not interfere in the trajectory of the ball. He does not even prevent the the defender from getting to the ball because the defender was was you know was just a step behind him. He couldn't reach it either. He says whether Diego Souza does that or stands completely still made no difference on that on the trajectory of that ball made no difference on the defender's ability to get to the ball or lack thereof, and therefore he felt the goal should have stood at the time. I thought so, but when I watched it, um, I had no doubt this goal was going to be called back, and it was, um. However, I think this was the turning point in the match, and I think this ended up being a good thing for Benfica. I think if this goal stands, Benfica draw. They draw level one-one going into halftime, and I think they going into halftime overly comfortable, um, lacking that sense of urgency we have not seen since the league resumed play. And I think by that goal being called back, it got the players a little bit emotional finally. It got the manager a little bit emotional finally. He got angry. It's the first time I've seen him get angry since the league has resumed play. He gets angry. Um, They go into the halftime, okay, into the team room. They have a team talk, and it looks like, you know, it looks like it worked out because they came out in the second half ready to play. And with that said, that takes us to halftime. Um, PZ would see a yellow card in the 45th plus two, but um, we're going to go into halftime down a goal to nil, and Rafa would have another right-footed shot from the left side of the box, but he missed the top left corner. Referee Sergio Godinho blows his whistle, and halftime is called, and we're going to take a quick little break here as well, and we'll be back on the other side to talk about the second half, because this is... Mr. Benfica, I am the Mr. Mike Agustino You're listening to episode 62. And you can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Benfica Mr., on Instagram at Mr. Benfica, and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. We'll be right back with the second half. Welcome back to Mr. Benfica. Now, for the second half of this round 27 match, Rio and Benfica. Bruno Lage goes to the bench right at halftime, doesn't wait for the second half to begin to make a substitution, as that would be it for Diego Souza. He'll be replaced by the Swiss assassin, Harris Seferovic, the, the reigning uh, Portuguese league goal king, the reigning golden boot winner, it's pretty safe to say he's not going to retain his title this year. But uh, Bruno Lage making a change at striker. And what I'm starting to think, um, and I may have said this earlier this season or may have not, but it just seems like, and this goes back to day one of the season, it seems like no matter who Bruno Lage starts at striker is the wrong decision. I don't think that's on him. I think there's something wrong with this. Well, maybe it is on him. I don't think it's necessarily on the decision of who's going to start. I think it has it has more to do with the system that they play because to be honest, no matter who starts at striker, they don't get much accomplished as a starter. Remember most of Carlos Vinicius's goals that has him top of the of the scoring list right now came as a substitute. Okay, he became deadly off of the bench scoring goals. Once he became a starter, his goal scoring output lowered. Remember and he may still be there but remember at one time he was way ahead in the goals per minute category for the league um, in this one uh Brunelage decides to bring Sefarovic on for diego souza at halftime and it's a like for like switch i mean it's you're really just changing you're just changing pieces but you're using the same you know the same characteristics and I think one of the real uh, flaws in this roster and the way this roster was built is that we have three strikers that are all pretty much identically identical players um, they are three large post up style strikers, three large guys that like to play in the box play high but we lack players with other characteristics that can go up front but the second half gets underway, and Benfica come out with a much better attitude than they started the match. And uh, Seferovic hits the bar with the header right in the 47th minute on a cross from peasy It was on a set piece. peasy plays the ball in. Seferovic gets a header to it, and the ball hits the bar. Seferovic comes in motivated in this one. Um, perhaps he saw something from the bench that he could exploit. or Perhaps he was just... Pissed off and tired of sitting the bench all the time. Um, he came in and he made a positive influence in this match. Um, that was the first of his near misses. He really could have had three or four goals in this in this second half alone. Uh, in the 49th, we have a foul by Ruben Diaz on Medi Teremi, but nothing comes of the free kick. We'll fast forward now as the game will start to get more interesting. Uh, in the 59th minute, Riwa very nearly go ahead by two. They nearly double their lead as um, Al Musarati's left-footed shot from a difficult angle. It was just a bit too high, but on the on the following play, Nuno, Nuno Sanchez is able to play the ball across across the the face of goal, it comes to Meditaremi. he's got the whole net open, and as he fires that goal, fortunately for Benfica, Nuno Tavares gets himself in a good enough position for the ball to deflect off his stomach and wide, very easily could have been 2-0 at that moment, and um, Benfica really under the gun here in the 60th minute, um, another Big save from the Polish goalkeeper for Riov. It's Rafa with the right-footed shot from the center of the box, but it is right at the keeper, and it is saved. Uh, Seferovic had put in, or had put uh, Rafa in. Excuse me on a breakaway in the 61st minute. Brunelage goes to the bench again. Substitution number two. Stoppage number two. Uh, Brunelage sends in Carlos Vinicius, my cousin Vinny, and in. A move that kind of baffled me a bit. He remove he brings off Adel Tarabt in the sixty first minute. I don't quite understand um, why. <laughs> I mean, even though it wasn't, it may not have been working out. Adel Tarabt is a player you want on the on the pitch, especially when you're chasing a result. You want to keep him on the pitch. I don't understand this substitution. Um, if you're gonna if you're only gonna play to drop limited minutes, if you're not gonna play him the whole ninety, he should be coming in then when he can he can come into a match and change the speed of it, change the dynamic of it. Pulling him at the sixtieth minute doesn't doesn't really help anybody in this situation. I could have seen if they were winning and they're playing to hold a result, but uh, one of the few players that can hold the ball, that can handle the ball and that can create something for the forwards, um, you know, he was very unlucky not to notch an assist on that ball he played across Tarafa. However, Bruno Brunelage decides that that's it for Tarapt in the match at minute 61. Still in the 61st minute now, and controversy according to some. A foul by Ali Musarati. And he brings down Rafa in a nasty challenge. And referee Sergio Goudinho shows him the second yellow card. And, of course, that means Muserati is off. Ali comes out. And Riwav are reduced to ten men. And it wouldn't take long at all. Two minutes later, two minutes later, in what is a very sad sounding glot here from Antenna 1, let's have a listen uh, to what a play by play sounds like in an empty stadium, radio wise. But it is Nuno Tavares down the left with a cross, and here's here's what happened. Esperança Benfica, o já vai 10
2: para já. empate, está! Benfica! Seferovic! Chocolatada Suíça Na baliza de Kizer, Grita Da baliza no lance de ataque do Benfica. O Suíço não perdoou, abanou a rede e fez Bruno Lajes acreditar, agitando os braços, com quem diz: sigam, porque ainda há muito tempo para jogar para o Vidal. Seferavich mortífero a empatar a partida.
0: Harris Seferavitsch. Equalizes on a cross from Nuno Tavaj, and he makes Bruno Lage happy there. Makes Bruno Lage look good uh, for making that substitution. Uh, perhaps he's making Bruno Lage lucky. I don't know. It's better to be lucky than good, they say. Um, and it is the first uh, impact substitution that Bruno Lage has made in quite some time. He has been heavily criticized for his substitutions this season. This one pans out though, as um, a ten men. Riwav loses sight of the Swiss international and he hammers home the ball that on a one hop off of a nice left foot across from Nunu Tavares. He was very close, but he hammered it into the bottom right corner. And Benfica have drawn level and now have about a half hour to get that winner. Two minutes later, Carlos Carvalhal, the Riwav manager and the mentor to Bruno Lage. He goes to the substitutes bench, and he brings on the ever, ever experienced, long-time veteran of the Portuguese league, Tarantini. Really the symbol of Ave. I believe he is the club's all-time leader in appearances. Tarantini comes on. He's a holding midfielder. He replaces an attacker, Diego Lopes. And uh, Ave. looking to hold on to a point at this point. In the match, Mede Teremi wins a free kick in the 66th minute when he's fouled by Ferru, but nothing comes of it. Uh, 67th minute, Felipe Auguste for Huav concedes a corner kick, ensuing corner kick taken by Pizzi, finds the head of Ferru, and he has his attempt from the center of the box. It's close, but he misses to the right with his header following. That corner kick, Benfica knocking at the door, believing they can get a winner here. As um, of course they're playing against ten, and you had to, you had to at this point believe that if if Benfica are going to make any type of fight for this title, they're going to have to get the result against ten men here. There absolutely um, no excuse. There was no way they could leave Vila do Conde with anything less but three points. Now that they were facing ten men. And still hope to compete for the title. 70th minute, and Nunu, Nunu Sanchez um, is fouled as Peasy wins the free kick. And it's a high foot. And sh- before the free kick is taken, Sergio Gudinu um, gets a message in his ear, and he holds his ear and he starts listening. And again, It sounded like the VAR had the VAR officials, I should say, in the booth uh, were indecisive. However, that sends Sergio Goudinho to the monitor, to the screen. Sergio Goudinho watches. As soon as I saw this, I knew what was happening. It was obvious. There was no way you can look at that on VAR and not not give a red card. It was originally a yellow card for Nuno Santos. But, I mean, he comes in with a kung fu kick, like I say, um, high. Not... Not far from PZ's face. He gets him just wide of his face, gets him on the shoulder with his studs. This can't be anything but ascending off, regardless of where Nunu Sanch played his youth football. Okay, regardless of what club he, he came through, what academy he came through. This is a red card, in any pitch in the world, once you look at it on the VAR, there is nowhere in the world where that's not a red card. And of course, Sergio Gudinu shows the red card, and Riouav are down to nine men, and they Carlos Carvial loses it at this point. Uh, Nuno Sanch is quite upset. There's there's also apparently some video of uh, just before Bruno Laj, I think, yelling at Nuno Sanch. I think he what it looked like was he didn't like a challenge uh, earlier, and he said to Nuno Sanch. I think he said, you know, one, two, that's the third time you've done that or something along those lines. And, of course, the idiots in the blue and green press want to say that they can read his lips. There's no way you can tell what he's saying, but they say that he's saying that we'll give you three million euros if you get sent off. The stupidest. This is as stupid. This is absolutely as stupid a thing as I've ever heard in this league. And I've heard a lot of stupid things in this league from these rivals. This one is absolutely idiotic. You have to have half a brain to believe this. Nuno Sanch sent off rightfully so. There's, <laughs> He's clearly unhappy with being sent off. I don't think he meant. I don't think there was intent um, to connect with PZ on that play. I think he was trying to get to the ball. And I think he lost control of his foot a little bit. And he got him you know, on the upper arm. I don't think he meant it, but guess what? Intention has nothing to do with it. Intention has nothing to do with violent conduct. When your foot is that high and you make contact, that's violent conduct, and you are sent off, especially in the age of VAR. So Benfica have now 18 minutes and change against nine men to try to find a winner. And Benfica start to pour it on. Riuov, Tyre, they're down two men. They're having a hard time finding Finding space, finding um, attacks. As if he could continue to, to press forward, continue to send too many long balls. In my opinion, still trying to send too many balls over the top. Uh, the same old play of Ruben Dias taking three or four steps past midfield and then launching a diagonal ball to the corner of the of the goal area. Um, we move forward some more we get to the 79th minute and it is Tomasz Tavares carrying down the right wing taken down hard by Diogo Fijares and Diogo Fijares will see a yellow card and Bruno Leij will once again go to the substitutes bench of course remember that the rules right now and I personally believe these rules are going to be kept after COVID is over I think this is a rule change that FIFA wanted to make for some time and they're just making the most of the opportunity to implement it now Three stoppages, but you can make a total of five substitutions. Brunelage makes two more substitutions here. As it is Shikinu coming on for Gabriel, an attacker for a for a more defense-minded midfielder. And no, sorry, this was one substitution. There was okay, so um Brunelage makes makes his third substitution. So I guess he only made three substitutions in this match. Skip ahead a little bit and it does look like that's all Brutalige is gonna do in terms of substitutions. Yep. Okay, so Brutalige brings on he he brings on Shikinu, replaces Vinicius in the eighty-first minute. Sorry, replaces Gabriel. I'm all over my notes here. Gabriel off, Chiquinho on. And one minute later, Chiquinho sets up Carlos Vinicius. But it's a nice save by the goalkeeper here as Vinicius gets a header from the center of the box. Saved in the bottom right corner off a cross from Chiquinho. 81st minute, and we get another opportunity for Riuav against the run of play. It is Taremi with a right-footed shot from more than 40 yards on from the right side, and it's just wide. Carlos Carvalho goes to the bench again in the 82nd minute. On comes Nelson Monte. Off comes Diogo Figueiredo, carrying a yellow card. As Carvalho knows, he cannot go down to eight men at this point if he wants to have any chance of holding this, this point at, at that he's got at this moment in the match. Uh, 85th minute, and Mateusz wins a free kick in his defensive half fouled by Chiquinho. Ball comes out, but no danger really comes out of it. Benfica win it and start attacking again. We get a corner in the 86th minute that Lucas Piazon gives up. And... After about 3,200 corners in the last four or five matches, okay? If you want to go all the way back to pre-COVID, after about 3,200 corners, we finally get this.
2: batida, área, gol, de Julian Weigel o alemão a, a rede e deixar em loucura os elementos do Benfica no banco de suplentes grita grita que a gola do Benfica da Águias! Com todo o estilo, com toda a pontaria, a bola na gaveta do Rio Ave no lado direito da baliza de Kizak, nada pôde fazer o polaco, grande festa encarnada no banco, está Paulo Vidal, feita a cambalhota
0: no marcador. So finally off a corner, Pizzi delivers a good ball, a good outswinger, finds the head of Ulian Weigel and the former Borussia Dortmund midfielder, scores his first goal in a Benfica uniform and his first career header goal. That's right, he said after the match, this is the first goal he scored in his career on a header. A very, very nice header uh, at that as uh, Peasy delivers the ball into a good area and Weigel uh, gets on the end of it, finds the top corner with the ball with the header, and BeFica take the lead late in the 86th minute. And I can't tell you how important this goal is. Okay, regardless of how this match was played, and I know not many people are happy with the performance uh, of BeFica, but honestly, watching this league, all the teams are playing pretty poorly. I don't think um, it, it just shows that the, the the it's hard to stop for three months have a preseason with no training matches where the majority of of this little preseason time was was done in small group training very little uh 11 versus 11 work and that's why i think the games or the matches look so so ugly and so so rusty so you know such a lack of sharpness it comes from that layoff and it comes from you know just the there's just the rhythm is not there, okay, and the muscle memory has been lost, whether you want to admit it or not. You go three months without playing a match. You can work out all you want. The 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 ability to think on the fly and the ability for your muscles to make the natural movements, they've forgotten how to do that. There's no denying it. Um, But Weigel, the center of controversy um, around Benfica, a lot of people pointing to his signing as the beginning of the downfall for Benfica, and it does coincide with a drop in form in the team. But um, obviously none of that is his fault. The opportunity to come to Benfica presented itself, and Benfica obviously willing to to spend the money to invest it to bring the German midfielder into the side. And... um, I think it was a big, it was a big um, moment for him to get a goal, and to be surrounded by his teammates and mobbed by his teammates. Perhaps now he may feel a little bit more like one of the guys, and maybe the the team will accept him a little bit more. Um, he's he's in a tough spot where he's playing in Samadi's position, and I harp to get Samadish onto, onto the field every week. I harp to put him in the 11 every week. Okay, not necessarily at Weigel's uh, expense. I think you can find another place for Samadij in the 11, especially given the circumstances right now at what's available at different positions. But um, I think it's important and, you know, there's a nice still shot out there of of Samadij, you know, embracing Weigel and maybe we can stop talking about him being, you know, a problem in the team. Um, he has done nothing but play hard since he's arrived. You don't like the style. The, the, a lot of that is systematic. It's it's the position he's playing. And we heard last week in Portimão, Andre Almeida saying that the players are doing exactly what they're asked to. Okay. And since the COVID break, Okay, has ended, and since the teams have returned to the pitch, since the league has resumed, Julian Weigel has been the most consistent player on this team. Maybe he's not going to play lights out, but that's just not his game. He's incredibly consistent, though. And, you know, goal point this week rated him as the player of the week. He had the highest goal point rating in the entire Portuguese league here in round 27, and a huge moment for him, especially after the bus attack, you know, and finding himself hospitalized. Um, it's just a shame that there weren't Benfica's in the stand to celebrate with him. But I'm sure he could feel it. Uh, Benfica take the lead. And I stand corrected what I said about substitutions. And I will um, I come to understand something, and I'll point it out in a moment. But first, it was Riwav using up their final substitution stoppage. They would make two substitutions. It would be Mehdi Taremi coming, on, coming off, Bruno Moreira coming on. Uh, as well as Carlos Mané, the former Sporting youth academy product, uh, replacing Lucas Piazzan, a, str- a f- attacker for a midfielder there. As Kyaw um, will try to do what they can with nine men, and in the 90th minute, Lige will Lige will respond with substitutions of his own. So what it comes out to being is that there are three substitution stoppages allowed. Okay, But Fika had already made three substitutions, what happens is it looks like subbing at halftime does not count as a stoppage. And that now explains why we're seeing so many substitutions at halftime, no matter what match you're watching in this league. There's a lot of halftime substitutions. And, I, and it looks like it's because that does not count as a stoppage. So what I thought was the fourth stoppage for substitutions is actually not. It's actually the, the third stoppage of the game because halftime is already a stoppage in itself. And we have Jota coming on to replace PZ. Not sure why you do this to the kid all the time. I'm um, sure he, owns, he earns a appearance uh, bonus, but not much he can do in this situation to be defensive, you know, in a defensive situation. But also bringing on Andreas Samaris for Rafa and um, is like I said, the heart and soul of this team, in my opinion, regardless of how many minutes he plays or does not play, um, he is absolutely the the spirit of the team. You can see him whether he's sitting in the stand, while the, he's on the bench or on the field. He is in the match. He's completely focused. He's he's feeling the match. He's he's emo- He's giving off the emotion. In fact, I think he he gives the emotion that Lige lacks or has seemed to lack this season and 90th plus 1 before the play even gets gets going referee Sergio Godinho with another red card to Riuav. this time it is to Diogo Figueiras who is on the bench he had been subbed off because of his yellow card he he was in it's funny watching these empty stadium matches you can hear what they're saying and there was a moment there when it was 1-1 and he's he's talking trash to I think it was Nuno Tavares as he's going, he's taking his time to go take a, a throw in and Nun Tavares is uh, signaling to him to, to hurry up or whatever. And he just, you can hear him go, Ah, ah, agora tu estás compresa. Agora tu estás compresa. As you can hear, now you're in a hurry. Now you're in a hurry. So this guy was t- chirping all game. And I think from the bench, of course, the stadium is empty. Not the brightest thing to do. He must have heard, he must have shouted an insult at the referee. Red carded, direct red card, sent off. Fortunately for Ryuvov, he was not on the pitcher. They would have gone down to 8. And Ryuvov would have one chance at goal. The ball was swung in, but Weigel gets on the end of it, knocks it clear. And Goudin Lops will, I should say Sergio Gudin, excuse me. I can't believe I just called him that, but Sergio Gudin whistles for a full time at 90 plus 5. Even though the Goal TV Spanish language commentators thought there should have been a minimum six minutes. These guys are <laughs> my friend, my friend, uh, Leo, my Greek friend who was watching this. Um, we worked together and he was watching it from his remote location. Uh, texted me asking if these these announcers came from the Porto channel or something. Uh, the week the night before they were complaining Porto didn't get enough stoppage time in their match with family. co no, not with Family Kong, excuse me, their match with Prutiv De And um, they were given, I think, seven minutes and he he, he thought they should have had more. And when when Sergio Coutinho showed four minutes of stoppage time, this guy went nuts on Goal TV thinking it should have been a minimum six. And um, they also thought there should have been a penalty called for Chihuahua. Of course, there was a penalty that should have been called for Benfica as well in this game that was not a handball that looked to be clear. Perhaps it wasn't, but at the end of the day, the whistle blows three times, and Benfica take all three points. Their first win, or should I say their their first win in a long time, their second win in 11 matches, much-needed three points, joining Porto at the top of the table, all right? So let's go now to the goal point ratings in this one, all right? And we'll start with Hiav and Kishek. The goalkeeper is a five point one. Diog Figueira is a four point five. Borekovic a five point seven. Ardolan four point eight, and Haj with a four point three. Lukic Piazon with a five point seven. Ali Muzarati four point four. Diego Lopes, 4.7. Felipe Augusto 5.2. And Nuno Santos with a match low, 3.2. Meditaremi 6.3. And off the bench, Tarantini earns a 4.9. Riuav with an expected 0.8 goals. Average rating of 4.94. Benfica, Vlako Dimus, 5.1. Tomas Tavares, 5.2. Ruben Dias, 5.0. Ferru 6.0 and Nun Tavarge a 5.5. I thought he deserved better than that. On the Fought Mob app, he was given a 7.9. They have two completely different uh, rating scales, of course. And Fought Mob gave Tavarge a 7.9 as it they did to uh, Weigel. So he was a co man of the match on the Mob, uh technology. But here on goal point, a 5.54. Nuno Tavares, Tarapt, 5.4. Vigel man of the match performance, 7.3. Also selected as the man of the match from Liga Naj. Gabriel with the 5.2. Rafa, 4.9. A low uh, rating for him for what he normally brings. Diego Souza, 5.3. Pizzi, 6.4. Off the bench, Seferovic, 6.7. And Carlos Junicius with a 5.3. Shikin Jota and Samaris not on the pitch long enough to earn... A rating. Uh, shots. Benfica will win the shots battle. 16 shots to 5 with 4 on goal to Riwav's 1 on goal. 12 of those shots coming from inside the area for Befica. Total passes, Riwav, 417 to Befica's 452 total passes. Efficiency, 78.4% for Riwav, 279.6% for Benfica who I also failed to mention also had a 2.0 goal expected goals and a 5.6 average team rating so the it according to goalpoint the results came out exactly as it should have based on the statistics the efficiency in the vertical pass Benfica slightly better at 60% even while Chiwa was 58.7% uh possession Benfica winning that battle with the 53.1% to 46.9. Bifika were offside once. Riwav, not at all. Fouls committed. Bifika, 21 fouls committed to Riwav's 16. Riwav winning more duels. And um, that's, a, that's a step if you could can't. That's a. That's a step Befica cannot let anybody beat them in. They're allowing teams to outwork them and they can't. When you're when you're the more talented team, you cannot allow lesser teams to outwork you because that's the only way they have a chance to, to take points and they have a chance to really beat you, is if they outwork you. And nothing indicates the work rate for me better than the 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 duels won statistic and Riwa 56 duels one to 46 from Befica. Befica, 10 more corners, which brings, I think, their total up to about 5,200 for the season. Uh, Ryoav, four corners for themselves and crosses. Befica with another whopping 18 crosses. And only f- <laughs> There was a stack goal point did put out during the match that Nun Tavares had four successful crosses, which was more than any of his te- the rest of his teammates combined. The majority of of uh, Benfica's crosses went to no one, did not get connected on. Riwab with four crosses of their own. All right, so let's go now to the standings, if we will, in Liga Nage as round 27 is now complete. I'm going to bring that up really quickly here. And for the time being, we have Benfica in first on the technicality. Benfica and Porto each with 64 points. Benfica with a 39-goal difference to 34. Remember, of course, as soon as all matches are played, the head-to-head tiebreaker is applied and Porto jumps ahead. So Benfica still need Porto to drop points, and Benfica need to continue to win. They need to win, in my opinion. I don't see either team winning out the last seven rounds, but the only way to really, really ensure... Um, really, really ensure and give yourself the best opportunity to win this league for Benfica. They really got to go out and take care of business each and every match. They can't get caught looking ahead. I think they got to look at it one match at a time. Third place, you have Sporting now jumping over Braga into third place. Sparting with 49 points. Braga fourth with 47. seven. Famalicão climbing there fifth with 44 points, which right now, is the final Europa League spot. Of course, that is because the cup final is between Benfica and Porto, so the Portuguese cup will not put a team into the Europa League next season. 6th place is Rio Ave, still believing they can fight for a European spot. They have 41 points 3 back from Famalicão. 7th place is Vitória Guimarães with 40 they're four points away. So there's going to be a race there for that fifth spot. I think there's a race for, for fourth and third as well. So there's some storylines going forward as this league draws towards its conclusion. Seven rounds left to play in eighth place. Boavista, 35 points. Santa Clara also on 35. They're ninth. Tenth is Moreirense with 34 points. Gil Vicente is 11th with... 33 points. And Jilvi Senth actually played today. So they have an extra man they have an extra match in hand. They've played 28. They played earlier today with Maritimu, I believe. Or no, excuse me. They played who did they play today, excuse me. I should be I should be more prepared than this, but they played Avj, I believe. So um Jilvi Looks like they picked up some points. They have 33. Twelfth is Vitoria Stubal. They have 30, as does Bolognese. Tondela Tundela, 14th and tw- with 29. Maritimo, 15th on 28 points. Same as Paso Ferreira. And they both sit four points. Clear of the drop. Where right now, 17th place. Portimonis um, occupies that spot. And from selfish reasons and for obvious reasons... I'm hopeful that Portimonense goes down this season. Um, the fewer allies Porto has in the first division, the better. Uh, and Sportivo das last place, 18th place on 14 points. League leaders in scoring, we have Carlos Vinicius still at the top with 15. His teammate Pizzi also on 15. Pizzi with four penalty goals that gives the tiebreaker two. Carlos Vinicius, and then four players with 10 goals tied for third. Fabio Abreu of Moreirense, Paulinho of Braga, Medi Taremi of Riuav, and Sandro Lima of Gil Vicente with 10. Fabio Martins is seventh with nine goals. We look at minutes per goal, like I said earlier. Carlos Vinicius tied with Anderson Silva of with a goal every 98 minutes. Assists. PZ still top of the assist chart with 10 assists as he picked up another one in this match. Uh, Tecacito Corona behind him uh, with 7. And then Lincoln Grimaldo and Alex Telge behind him. Alright, so let's take a look at what we got next week or starting today, I should say, in Liga Naj. Alright, so matches already played in round 28. We just talked about Gil Vicente 3, Avj nil, uh, Portimonense 3, Maritimo 2. Tomorrow, June the 23rd, Vitória Stubal hosts Rio Ave, Benfica hosts Santa Clara, and Football Club do Porto hosts Boa Vista in the Derby Tripero. Um, very um, disputed <laughs> date. Apparently, it is the Noite de São João, the Feast of St. John. Big, big feast in the city of Porto. And the two clubs wanted to reschedule the game, apparently. But the match will be played tomorrow as scheduled. Wednesday, we got Tondela hosting Pasos de And another Minho Derby. We got two more Minho derbies this week. Wednesday, we have Moreirense hosting Famalicão, And then Thursday, Braga hosts Vitoria in the the big Derby do Minho and then Friday the round closes out with Bolanis Sad hosting Sporting at the Cidad Football. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode, for episode 62. Been a pleasure to bring it to you. Um, last week I tried to <laughs> to record a YouTube video before the match, and for whatever reason there were it did not upload properly. It told me after some time that it was unable to upload it also was not saved i was unable to get it up there um i'm going to make another attempt at it tomorrow so check out the youtube page mr benfica make sure you subscribe and at some point in the near future i'm going to get some content to back up some new content at mrbenfica.com stay tuned for that all right whenever there's any developments i will let you know this has been Episode 62. I am the Mr. Mike Agostinho signing off, and I'll see you again next week. Enjoy the match. Benfica-Santa Clara coming up on Tuesday from Stadio Deluge. Have a great week, everybody. Carrega Benfica. força Benfica. Damu 38.